Vibrational Medicine is a podcast to bring awareness to the various natural wellness practices and treatments available. I am your host, Ash Neumeister, and these conversations are born out of my curiosity to learn more about the technologies available to us to stay in our optimal, vital, healthy, and natural state for our entire life, regardless of aging and all of the challenges of living in our modern day world. We will discuss topics covering how to stay healthy in mind, body, and spirit. Let's take a moment for one deep breath and then enjoy the conversation. On this episode of Vibrational Medicine, I have a conversation with my longtime friend and collaborator, Torkum G. He is a Los Angeles-based sound healer and has developed his own version of sound healing called quantum harmonics. We get into discussing what that is, how it's made such an impact on many different kinds of people, including children, and his own personal journey with really discovering this particular modality. Please join us for this conversation and diving a little bit deeper into an aspect of one of the most powerful healing modalities, which is sound. If you find value in this conversation, please share it and leave us a comment. I do read them all. So thank you so much and enjoy the conversation. Hello, everyone. So today I'm super stoked to be interviewing my dear friend and collaborator, Torkum G. And he is another sound healer that is really doing some awesome things out in the world with a version of sound healing that he's actually created himself and called Quantum Harmonics. And we're going to get into that a little bit and really is making some headway in doing lots of like research even on how this is really impacting the world and how it can help in different ways. So welcome Torgum. Hello. Hi, everybody. Nice to be with you. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to just have you dive in a little bit to share, you know, kind of your path on how you found sound healing and how it supported you in your own life and then how that really evolved into what you're sharing now. Just a little bit about your backstory. Awesome. So, yeah, where to start? I, as a kid, I was a really, really all over the place kid. I was climbing everything. I was like getting into everything. And I was probably a lot of fun to like hang out <laughs> with, but not if you were like necessarily the parents of the kid maybe. Yeah. Because I would always help push people, not into like risky, dangerous stuff, but help have fun and do something that no one would have done without. And so I guess it really started from like an inquisitiveness and creativity and just a lot of energy as a kid. Um, which evolved into into middle school. I, I was trying different things that I wanted to kind of like explore. And skateboarding was the first thing. So in sixth grade, I, I really started skating more and I met some friends, some skater kids, not the best kids. <laughs> but um, with that being said, I was in a new school. So I needed something to to do, something to, to, to relate with others around. And after a couple of years of skating and picking up a lot of bruises and really trying some stuff that I probably shouldn't have been trying on a skateboard. I asked my dad for a guitar lesson and my dad's been a musician my whole life. And so in eighth grade, I learned guitar and 
within a couple months, I was playing Metallica. That, you know, it that was the only great. song I ever learned how to play on the guitar was two different Metallica songs. It's the, pretty much the standard, the, the bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. So that led to really after that, everything changed. My creative artist brain really fired off. And you know, you ever see those commercials? They're like, music is good for this. And music will help your children with that. And, mm-hmm. or, or an ad or something uh, relating to the impact of music from an mm-hmm. early age. And that was totally true for me. Um, it totally gave me an access point into a whole nother reality of exp- expressing myself. But also I remember there would be times where I'd be playing guitar and recording some riffs and adding some leads and he- really hearing the music come alive. And I remember I would start to like get emotional mm. and would start to invoke a lot of deep emotions in me. Some of the music I was making and almost like it was inside of me waiting to be made outside so I could hear it and then connect with this value from within me that I, I, I hadn't known was there really in this way. Mm-hmm. So I spent a few years exploring and um, it wasn't until I was, I, I was either 18 or 19 and I was going to Pierce College, community college here in the Valley. And my brother, um, out of all people, he was like, you know, Pierce has an electronic music production class. You should take it. And I was like, that sounds a lot better than poli-sci and English 101. Uh, I'm down. So I, I, think that, I think that particular semester, I only took like two or three courses instead of the, the, the five or even six that some people were taking. And it was kind of a light semester, but the highlight of that semester was my electronic music production class, 101 with Professor Schneider (laughs) and Professor Schneider, this was, geez, this must have been 2007, 2006 or seven, so about 12 years ago. And Professor Schneider was was epic. He he was a true artist through and through, very, very emotional, connected, empathic. I I shouldn't say emotional, like he was connected with empathy and he wasn't just a professor, like he had this real cool vibe about him. He had this understanding of Mm -hmm. the process and he was really, really a good professor to work under. He, he used to build guitars out of random objects. He had a whole wall of guitars. And you'd see a toilet seat guitar up there. You'd see oh my uh, God. all kinds of obscure things. So with that said, uh, I was on, I was on a, my own set with a, with a key, uh, basic computer, a, a big keyboard, 45 key keyboard. And we had Cubase. We were running Cubase. And that was the first time I sat down and actually layered stuff in the digital audio workstation. And this was my homework. So I had to go into the lab and create three pieces, a one minute, two minute, and a three minute piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a final. So I remember getting two Bs and an A on the music pieces. Uh, and then I, I, I think I got like a B plus in the final. So he, he just he gave me an A in the class. <laughs> Not that it, it didn't matter that I got an A or an A minus. It was just like, wow, I, did, I aced, I aced it. I was the only person who got an A on the three minute piece. I remember seeing the, the list. Right, so that opened and up something for you of like, I can actually do this. Yeah, it was like, wow, I did something that not only I thought was fun and engaging and cool, but I also got good marks on it. And I, and I played it in a classroom as a review for 20 mm-hmm. students, my professor, and people had good, good reviews about it. It's like. That was cool. And, and these weren't necessarily by any means highly elaborate pieces of compositional uh, music, right? It was mm-hmm. more like 
spooky sound effects that would lead into an ambiance and then people know so come in with some beats and then and you had a whole bank of sounds so I, I would bring in like the whispering like women ghouls on an island like <laughs> and, it, and that was supposed to represent this like this like turn in the story of this type of new energy coming in that isn't supposed to be so ghoulish in itself but when you put all those different sounds around this kind of like conceptualization they take on their own forms and mm -hmm. become other things so it was really a hodgepodge or different like concepts that just kind of flowed together through a sequence mm. of time which and i can really see fun. actually how that evolved into what you do today with quantum harmonics you know yeah more into talking about that but that's what you're doing is like telling a story with the sound absolutely and at that time it was like a distinct story with distinct types of sounds and sound effects using a bank of sounds that were um, already recorded and 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 I'll, you can also obviously compose your own music but out of the sound effects which add those kind of those ambiance notes um, you know those are fixed and those have a certain vibe with them so so eventually the the the, the mission has been to really evolve downward so it's almost like excelling to a new height of the storytelling but by doing it in a more simple way mm. and by by stripping away things that people would necessarily off the bat say that's a happy feeling or that's a sad feeling so distinct and concrete you know so it's it's more about exploring a range of tones and sounds that mm -hmm. go through a different whole exploration of spaces that invoke all kinds of feelings thoughts emotions um, mm -hmm. and they do this really synergistically with each other and none of them too distinctly in one space or the other. Mm -hmm. So with that said, um, fast forward from CSUN, I, I got into electronic music production. I was um, making my own beats. I bought the device that I still use today about 10 years ago. I got a job for the school district teaching kids for uh, three years. I was an after school enrichment coach for LAUSD. I worked at five middle schools in the Valley and I created my own program called Digital Sounds where I got uh, inner city kids off the streets from three to six after school and their parents would come and pick them up from my room instead of on the corner of the street where there's gangs hanging out and there's mm. all kinds of crazy stuff happening after school and we're talking middle school kids so this is 11 12 13 especially the seventh and eighth graders that's that's when everything changes when you go from a uh uh marshmallow faced sixth grader innocent <laughs> sixth grader post elementary Mm -hmm. After a year of that, you know, the jailhouse is of sixth grade by seven, seventh, eighth, you're like a hardened criminal, you know, you know, the rules <laughs> of the streets, uh, you yeah. gotta, you gotta click up, you gotta, you gotta be represented by your gang. It's, it's, it's kind of in a sense, very similar. I, I hate to make a prison analogy, but it kind of is in the sense that it's all groups and gangs and you gotta, if you're on your own, you're a loner and you're acknowledged mm -hmm. as the loners and you're with the group. It's a, so all these, I got to sit and experience this for three years, the, the kind of mirroring and reflecting back at myself at that age and how I could influence these kids and what I could offer them. So, so Digital Sounds was uh, very successful for a year and two months operation. And what were you having the kids do? And like it was an eight-week program. Yeah, that's a great question. It was an eight-week program that I designed, and the first four weeks was going through the basics of how to operate the device, how to layer in sounds, layer out, bring out sounds, how to uh, modify sounds, how to add your own sounds. And the, the second four weeks was a continuation of the lessons leading up to the final week, which was 
their record, they would record their own mix, 10 minute mix on a CD and I would burn it for them. And that was their like takeaway from the, from the class. Right. Cool. And every Friday was the, um, we would call it freestyle Fridays where it was like a competition where everyone would get around one machine and we would take turns and I would mark people on their performance. Mm. And I would also include the group on marking. So Jimmy, what did you think? I I'm going to give him a six for that attempt because he caught it and he almost missed it, but he did catch it on time, even though it was the wrong notes. So he would get a six. Jimmy, do you think? And I would bring them on with the assessment process of what they were looking at and how they were analyzing and, and they would kind of grade each other and they would come to a consensus amongst each other who won that Friday. And it was really not about, I want to win, you know, and sometimes that would come up and it would be a lesson. Keep working. You know, you'll get this next week. You'll get, you'll win next Friday. And sure enough, I would make sure to cycle through. So the kids who really showed a lot of like commitment and wanted to win that Friday prize and, and um, came through, even if they didn't perform the absolute best that session, but they showed enough work and improvement more than anyone else. They were the winner, you know, and I made sure that I had a really good policy that made everyone feel like they were constantly growing and evolving. So that was my teacher role. That was my early 20s. I was very grateful to, to step into that role in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. And come 22, 23, I'm living in Iowa, studying meditation for two years, studying Vedic sciences, um, using mantras, um, talk about sound and music in university. I took three or four courses on world music, world sacred music. Um, Vedic, Vedic music, which they at that school called Gandharva Veda. But Indian classical music and the effect of mantras, the effect of tones, the effect of um, Sanskrit as a language on the physiology, on the brain, mm -hmm. and how certain sounds can actually influence and affect your mind state, but also literally down to the neural uh charge in the brain, the neural feedback, the neural response taking place in the brain while using these languages and how that's measurable through an EEG. Mm. So that's when it really occurred to me like, wow, um, everything I've been building up towards is leading me somewhere with this. And, and that's really what birthed uh, Quantum Harmonics. It was January of 2012 when it was founded and... Um, yeah, it, it really started innocently as a Sunday meetup. So it was a community call. Hey, we're all meditators. Let's just meet up on Sundays. And mm -hmm. it was donation-based. And I did that for six months. The first few sessions, I had like 18 cents or three bucks. And then after a few months, I was getting some support. I was like, oh, I have 20 bucks in this donation jar. This is cool. I could put half a tank of gas or a quarter tank and get some food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so and, what... Go ahead. Do you want to finish? Yeah, it's just that that's that's really where it started and how it became refined. I did it four times a month for six months, like the first six months, boom. And I came back summer of 2012 back to LA and I never went back to that university. So I've I've been here since building and developing it. So mm, amazing. So can you just describe a little bit more about like what is quantum harmonics and why is it healing? Like why do people have the impact that they do when they come to your sessions? It's a wonderful question. Um, that's a great question. When I started, I thought sound healing or, or using frequencies to expand our consciousness was as easy as finding a YouTube video that said 
some numbers, something, something, something hurts, mm -hmm. uh, DNA repair. And then I would listen to that and it'd be like, what is that doing to me? Like, <laughs> I, I would try to, I would try to tune into it. And a lot of times I would find a lot of peace in some of those tracks, but it really led me on this track of, of thinking that, oh, so there's a quality in, in hitting a specific frequency that has some kind of effect on the body. So that's where it started. And fast forward all these years later, and um, <clears throat> it's not the case. I've come to learn, actually. Uh, there's a lot more going on. The quality of the frequency is one component to it, but there's also the movement of the sounds. There's the space between the sounds. There's down to the, the volume of the sounds for the given space that you're working with. Mm -hmm. There's a range. All of these different categories have a range that is the optimal space to have the level, whether that's the volume or the pace or the rate. Mm -hmm. So it's been, uh, I, when I say seven years, it's, it, quantum harmonics turns six in January, but um, seven years would really bring into account that all the, the research and the work that went into developing this was, was really started before it was actually created. It was, mm -hmm. it, was, it was my own meditation daily, 20 minutes, twice a day. And um, going very deep with that practice as to learn the really subtle nuances of consciousness and how consciousness can shift and how you can find yourself in new states of awareness by simply allowing transcendence to take place within. And there's either mantras or techniques, different ways to achieve this uh, that have been passed down over the ages but it was immediately interesting and occurred to me that sound can fill in the, the gap can can replace in some sense the requirement or need for a mantra or a technique or a teacher or even something like a guided meditation that's walking you through an experience and instead the sound can be that thing and all one has to do is surrender to the sound current so it's been a learning and a learning. And the first few times, I remember the first session I did with a group of 30 people in my house in Iowa, which my rent was $365 a month in a sublet, a two and a half bedroom sublet with two other roommates split three ways. So that, wow. that, was, that was our rent in Iowa in 2011-12, which <laughs> enabled us to have a really cool space that we could host our, our events and, and gatherings. and. So um, the first time I did the session there on a Sunday, I remember that everyone was so in a space of Zen and meditating, but I was like in my head the whole time, like, what am I gonna do next? What am I gonna bring? So this was the first attempts of cracking through that intuitive dialogue process with the subtle energy of the room and my ability to feel in and hear what either needed to be raised or lowered or expanded or compressed. Mm -hmm. And that is, I would say, where the healing comes from and sound healing is the practitioner's own ability to understand the mechanics, the sciences, the physics of collective consciousness or even just consciousness and how it is like a sponge and it's malleable and it could be worked with. And it doesn't take hours. It can take is short of time is 10, 15 minutes, you can have someone in a very, very, very mm -hmm. deep and relaxed space 
where the brain waves are not on an alpha, 14 cycles per second, lowered kind of down to the theta levels, seven hertz, eight hertz. Mm-hmm. And in that space, there's not only less neural activity taking place on a physical level, but there's actually more of a holistic kind of activation of the brain happening when you're in a deep meditation. The brain actually fires off, even though there's less activity. That's one of the mysteries about it is how and why is that occurring? Why is it that when I have my eyes closed, I have less stimulus, I'm not looking at things, I'm not touching things, I'm not smelling things, and I'm not activating my brain fully per se, but my brain is showing, um, it's lighting up all over and all the parts are connected in that lighting up. Why is that? And it, that's, what they're, that's, that's really what they're cracking to this day as they explore more and more what's happening with um, EEGs, brain, and all those different aspects of the physiological aspects of meditation Mm -hmm. but the understanding is that by meditating by 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 allowing yourself to access such a relaxed such a, a a defined space within that is such a space of uh bliss and almost as if if you could almost imagine like there's a big huge dinner full of nourishing food and elixirs and water waiting for you inside. And you're almost like have to find a way to get to and sit at that table so you can eat that meal. But that meal is inside of every person that's waiting. It's like piping hot, steaming. All you have to do is find your way, like sniff your way to it, mm-hmm. and sit at the table. And then there's like a meal that takes place. Like, that's how I compare it. Because when I was meditating for, for two years, the silent meditation twice a day, you close your eyes, but the first 10 minutes is like you're, you're moving somewhere through this relaxation. And then the second 10 minutes are like, you're there and you're jacked in and you feel the stress lifting. You feel mm-hmm. the nourishment integrating. You feel the nourishment, mm-hmm. which at the time, some people were like, it's better than sex. I was like, you guys are crazy. You guys are crazy. <laughs> Ultra meditator radicals. To make yeah. a statement like that. Let's be honest. No one believes that really. I'm sitting here telling you right now, August 26, 2018, is better than sex. Uh, if you can get it down properly and you can create a practice and you can mm. connect that space, it is warm and gooey and it fills all the spaces and you feel it moving and your body's mm-hmm. like relaxing and the stress is lifting off your chest and you're becoming lighter, but you're becoming heavier at the same time because you feel like the gravity of the electromagnetic pulse around your field slightly pushing you in, which makes you feel that energy, feel that kind of like gravity and that weight of that effect, but simultaneously from the inside lifting. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's unlike anything else. And yeah. so, so sound healing has been an attempt for me, quantum harmonics has been an attempt for me to synthesize and create that experience through the sonic waves into newcomers and beginners of meditation or advanced meditators who have never had the ability to find their way at that dinner table, right? Mm -hmm. And it almost is like a fast track, like you push a button and you're sitting there, you're at that table. Mm -hmm. And that, I wanna bring people there, not 40 minutes into an hour session, not 50 minutes into an hour session. I wanna try to use the sounds in the beginning, and it's always different and intuitive, to scrub away some excess thoughts to help you know, move some stuff that is, why am I here? What am I doing? What's going on? What's my life? Who am I? You got to scrub through enough of those, those thoughts, insecurities, belief systems, 
the chattering monkeys, we call them. There's two of them mm -hmm. left and right. They're talking to each other, and right in the middle is your head. And we allow the sound to kind of let the monkeys go and chill out. The yeah. sound puts dogs to sleep. I've had people send me photos of them playing music in their car, and the dog is in the back, keeled over and <laughs> vibrating. Same with children. So I find yeah. that if it can work on children and dogs and cats and humans, then it can probably work on the chattering monkeys as well. And it's that's some of the principle behind it. This there's, there's a little bit more which we can get into, but I've kind of um, yeah, I can go all day on this. So. <laughs> Well, I just, I do want to also talk a little bit about my experience, you know, with experiencing your work. You know, I've had, we've done many sessions together. We've been collaborating for almost three years now, you know, on a twice a month basis now, three times a month. And also I have some of your sounds recorded that I'll listen to in my own time as well. And just for the people that, you know, have never done anything like this, just to describe it a little bit more of what that's like, you know, to go to one of your sessions. So basically you, you show up, you lay down and Turkum starts playing these sounds. And like he mentioned, it is really supportive for people that want to meditate, but maybe have challenge quieting the, the mind, you know, and it gives you something to focus on the, these sounds. And also it, affects your body, right, in a physical way. So you'll start to feel the sounds in certain different parts of your body. And so that also is part of the meditation, really like being present with where the sound is. And, and I know for me, uh, like I listen to your sounds when I'm like, can't fall asleep or just super exhausted and want to like take a nap even. Um, also if I'm really stressed out and just need support with like calming my, my mind, it's a great time. And then even if I'm not feeling well, you know, or, um, like if I have cramps too, is another big one for all the ladies. The sounds. Sorry, no, I think my cat is forcing her way through my door. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know how that goes. <laughs> I'd yeah. rather not be the enemy of the hour. By not, <laughs> not allowing access. Right. Free access. There you go, Kitty. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was just, you know, and, and they really supported me at many different times in my life, you know, and it's my go-to, honestly, like when I really need to relax, I'll just put on some headphones and play some weird sounds. And it's been incredibly helpful for me in my life in that way. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same for me. I was in Africa in 2014. And I was deep, deep, deep in, a, in the middle of a national park called Lake Langano, where my family has, a, has a, a lake house there. And I was sleeping in one of their guest rooms and no internet, you know, this, this, this is really out there. But I had my phone and it had like 15% charge on it. And I played one of my tracks that I was like, what track do I want to play for this moment? Because I'm having a hard time sleeping. I want to really pass out. I put on one of my, my pieces I had made, and really that's the first time I had functionally used my own material. Mm. Um, I remember putting it just on my cell phone, the track Sonaric from my album Hieroglyph, which is, it's on my album, it's on my um, website. And I should add, we Solar Theory, my collaboration with another sound healer, Diva Sonic, Linda, 
she we did a remake of Son Sonaric and made a vocal version where she sings over it. It's really ethereal progression. So there's two versions of that of that track now, which is really nice. But um, back to the story. I must have set my my phone down, and within four minutes, five minutes, I remember I was out. I was out. Um, I remember listening to the quality of it, taking it in, and and being in this moment of like, I created this. I'm the artist behind this piece. But what does it do for me? What is it doing for me now in this moment, functionally? Like, am I mm -hmm. able to separate myself from? Like if you paint your own painting, you're always looking at all the imperfections and you know right. all the steps. And can I separate myself from that process of hearing this track? And mm -hmm. just it that was the first thought in my head. And I just kind of took it in and I was out. It just put me out. And I remember waking up going, wow, this is like really awesome. because uh, <laughs> it actually it, works. <laughs> it actually really, really worked on me last night. And that's why I've always made it and designed it. But I I this was the first time I really like actually experienced it myself mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. That's awesome. And I see also now that you're starting to work with more private clients and working with like the sub pack. So could you just share a little bit more about the different uses of your sounds and what like maybe some success stories or anything you want to share with yeah. you know, what people are going through that these sounds can really support with? The My go-to story has to be um, one of my clients, she was coming through Continuum events uh, about a couple of years ago. And she was a therapist herself with the VA. So she helped veterans move through their own stuff, right? And all the traumas and all the, all the things that they had seen and witnessed and experienced. And so on one side, there's all of their suffering. On the other side, there's her absorbing all of that suffering right as a, as a career as a day in day out job and so what what do people in that position do for their own healing right and i was fortunate to have her start showing up at one of my events and she got a lot out of it i remember the first time she got a lot of it it really affected her so a month later she was back month after that she was back again and I didn't see her for a couple months after that period and then she showed up one day a few months later and she was glowing she looked really happy and I was just talking to her and she goes I want to tell you something and this is when I'm like letting guests in trying to manage the room but she clearly has something she wants to share with me it's important to her and she said, I just want to tell you that I knew your sounds were powerful, but I didn't know that they would help me in the way that they have. Four months ago, five months ago, before I started coming to these sessions, she said that her moon cycle was off by a factor of like two weeks to three, four months. Like... I'm sorry, two months to four months. Like she mm -hmm. was off for years, like three or four years. She was off by up to a couple months at a time. Like there would be huge gaps between her wow. cycle. And obviously not very healthy and, and not a not a not a regular and balanced um mechanism of the of the female anatomy, right? Mm -hmm. Especially someone at her age. 
um, she told me that she had done nothing different to her lifestyle, nothing. Diet, exercise, sleep times, nothing had changed other than the fact that she attended my sessions, three of my sessions. And she said, after the last one, I got my, my moon cycle the day that it should have come. And it's been regular ever since. So I didn't believe her. And I said, no, no, no. I said, you've done something. You've either maybe you're not taking the same medication or you're, I don't know, like, have you met a guy? Like, <laughs> there's got to be something you've done. Like, I, I, I wouldn't accept it. Um, and she said, no, I, I promise you. I'm, I'm keeping tabs on my health and I'm becoming your sessions. And it's very healing for me. And I realized the whoa what they say about the effect of meditation, which is balancing helps the body restore itself and find its own homeostasis and helps with biochemistry, helps regulate the release of hormones and enzymes and chemicals throughout the body. Mm -hmm. It lowers, helps lower cortisol levels, helps raise serotonin and dopamine. So in a moment I was like, wow, I had a whole visual of what was happening here on a, on a chemistry level, almost like, these sounds are helping the body take the effects of meditation and scale them up and within an hour highly restore and balance some of this, these chemicals. And mm -hmm. like as I mentioned, cortisol being a huge, huge inhibitor of many other processes. When you have your cortisol levels too high, it affects the release of serotonin. It can affect your, your moon cycle. It can affect your mood. It can affect your sleep. All of these different avenues are affected simply by cortisol being too high, and that's the direct yeah. result of fatigue, stress, anxiety um, put on by work, put on by the social uh, elements of having to fit in, wanting to do things right, not wanting to ever feel like you're hurting or harming people, always walking through life and looking behind your back in the sense of, am I going to make it? Am I going to be sustainable? Like, it's it's a jungle out there, and especially in these big cities where on top of the burden of having to just survive this traffic and smog and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so it's an oasis is what it hit me. This is an oasis. This is an oasis in the city, uh, a mm -hmm. sanctuary for people to heal and a complete rejection of me being some healer and a complete acceptance of the healing abilities of each individual and my role in the supporting of that for people, my role in being someone who, it's although I'm a facilitator and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a leader of this movement and of the quantum harmonics system and I'm, I'm a partial leader of the sound healing movement here in LA amongst many others it's it's really never been a thing it, it's been a shift away from I shouldn't say it's never been a thing when it started it was like you know very easy to get get my get the first year or two it's like I'm a healer like I have healing abilities you know it's, it's more of an acknowledgement of Everyone has healing abilities. Let's start mm -hmm. there, right? Mm -hmm. And the less I can make it about identity and and um, the egoic self, and that's working with ego. It's not really digging deep as to help someone up when no one else is looking to see if you're going to help them up or not to validate you, and you help them up regardless because within you, you're compelled. Mm -hmm. So that's become my life's kind of uh, purpose is to be in a space of service, but at the same time is is I'm not um, one of those people who wants to 
just live like a recluse and go and serve and um, feed the cows and water the lilies every morning and live on the land. And I, I, I've signed up to do the work and to do it in the city, to not escape into this into nature in the way I would love to and, and live a life of sustainability and gardening. I still can do that here, but mm-hmm. it, there's there was such a pull for me to go out to a healthier space and it's going to shift into being like this is the space that requires healthiness healthy sounds right uh here in la so for that reason i've created a let's call it my business if you will where my work is also my practice it's also my play it's also a place for me to express my creativity um and to help other people so it's through that format that business format, let's say, the entrepreneurial format, where I'm able to actually create something that I can see, I can water, I can have an identity, and I can see it grow and help other people and interface with corporations, interface with different different spaces that could use it, um, prisons, schools. Mm-hmm. I started working with Subpack a couple of years ago when I was reached out by one of their artist facilitators artist promoters and they said hey would you like to make an ep a sound healing ep for our our website release and then we'll just send you a sub pack for free which is a it's basically a subwoofer it's like a vibrational vest that you put on your body and it carries the low end bass frequencies directly into the body so you can feel the music and i was like this is going to be a game changer if i can actually use this with my sounds and help carry out some of that low end directly to people's bodies that it was like the holy grail was the missing link for me because I had seen some research around uh, NASA and bringing it back to the cats. <laughs> who, uh, cats have a purr, every range in their purr between like 35 and 50 hertz. And NASA even was considering sending cats to space with astronauts because that range has been shown to help with the density of the bones, right? Help to keep the bones firm and dense and less porous. So when your cat is on you and purring, you feel therapy, it's, it's literally therapeutic. It's literally helping the structural integrity of your, your of the bone system wow. throughout the body. So something like that, you know, okay, 45 hertz, that's the sweet spot. I can, I can hold that down and, and the room can fill with subwoofer or I could have a sub pack on your body and you can literally have that transmitted directly into your body through your back. Mm. And that was the idea. Like, I want to explore the new implications around a device like this and the evolution of new immersive technologies with this existing system, quantum harmonics, which, as I mentioned, is um, was founded in 2012. I've been on my journey building that. And as, I'm, as it's developing, new things are coming out and I'm able to connect with as... Uh, yeah modalities that assist so they actually just put out a really cool video this last week that uh, I collaborated with them on it's my work with a paraplegic named Iran who he's paralyzed waist down from an injury he's, he um, endured last year and just doing some sound sessions with him he was like man I'm at the gym I can stand up I feel better I, I have my, my balances in place I have no pain in my body like just hearing even those wow uh, uh, testimonials from him an hour after we did a session it was like yes this is awesome like like this is a non-invasive non-drug non-surgical mm-hmm. system that 
can really, really help bring a, a higher standard of quality to people's lives across a whole gamut of, of, of illnesses, ailments, even people who are just healthy. It could help mm -hmm. optimize the life, right? So right. that's on their new website platform, healthandbase.com, if anyone wants to check it out. Maybe you can also link it, Ash. In the yeah, you can book. put it in the notes. But um, so yeah, that's the relationship with Subpack and, and um, it's been really, really awesome. They really support what I'm doing. They really believe in it. And they're, they as a company are moving towards how can sound help with people with disabilities? They've always been about this, especially people who can't hear hearing impaired. Mm. So that's another interest of mine is, is making these, these experiences accessible for people who either um, prior couldn't have access or have difficulty accessing mm -hmm. um, these types of experiences. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah, I love that this whole field of sound healing is gaining in credibility you know, but it's still very unresearched and unknown the actual, you know, concrete scientific evidence. This is what happens. And so it's these anecdotes, you know, of how people experience this work are really powerful because it's, we don't even understand the capability yet of what's possible with it, you know? And so when people give us the feedback, that's when you start to really get an understanding of the scope of the power of this work, you know, and how, what a kind of an impact it really can make on people's lives. I know like in our sessions, so Torkum and I collaborate in something called Pulse and we do three events, group event, events in Los Angeles. And it's a combination of breath work and sound healing. So I'll facilitate the first portion of the transformational breath work and then we'll move directly into the, the sound healing with Torquem Sounds. And we have, you know, people that come consistently and regularly. And, you know, I, I know a, one person I'm thinking of in particular that he was told that he needed to get um, surgery on his shoulder, you know, that it was torn and that he was never going to have full range of motion. But he really didn't want to have to get surgery. He didn't want to get cut open. So he was like, well, I'll just try the sound healing thing. And he was going around to different sound healings around the city. And he was consistently coming just once a month to our sessions. And every time that we would see him, his range of motion was increasing. Who is this? It's the brother and sister that used to come all the time to our sessions. Oh, session. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And he... Um, <clears throat> he was so excited, you know, cause he was like, I don't think I'm going to have to actually get surgery. Like it keeps improving. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, once again, it's a testament to the body's own ability to heal itself. Exactly. You can really support the body mm -hmm. and, and supporting the body isn't just, you know, like don't use that arm very much and sleep on time. Like that's the standard. You should be doing those things. Mm -hmm. Supporting the body is also like, how can I help, facilitate a deeper healing, a deeper awakening of my body's own innate ability to understand itself and heal itself. That's mm -hmm. another level, right? So mm -hmm. just simply being passive, yes, the body will heal itself. You can also connect with that, that value and expedite the process and bring focus to the process. Mm -hmm. And that's, right. I think, a part of what this does is it creates like a laser, an inward laser precision of your, your mind's ability to scan and find and bring energy and movement and blood and and facilitate a, an expedited healing for the whole self. 
Totally. Yeah. I think that's why we really connected originally <clears throat> when we were creating Pulse, because we both see that that's ultimately what we're doing as just facilitators of creating this space for people, for their body and mind to get back into its natural state. You know, like getting out of that fight or flight mode, you know, you're really working with your nervous system too, to bring in that rest and relaxation. And, you know, people will fall asleep sometimes during our sessions, which is totally natural, just as getting your body into that place where it can actually have deep rest, you know? And so I think that it's so powerful for people to have these experiences and access to these experiences to really give your body and mind the proper amount of rest and relaxation. You know, it's like, that's why we always talk about it as being a practice. It's not something you just do one time. You know, it's about coming back to that place of natural well-being, you know, and I, I like to say that at our sessions all the time, like at the end, everyone's like so relaxed and like blissed out and, and I'm like, welcome to your natural state. You know, like this is how we're supposed to be all the time. And we don't realize it because we get so far away from it for so long. You know, we just, our days keep going, we keep working, we have responsibilities and people have expectations of us and all these things. It's a go, go, go of life. And if you don't have a consistent meditation practice or something that brings you back to calm you down into that natural state, that's when you start to build up these discomforts and you know, dis-ease and repeating patterns and the monkey mind, all these things. It's like, that will keep going if you don't do something to bring it back to that natural, calm state of rest and relaxation. Yeah, it has to be integrated. This is what's, people miss this mm -hmm. most of the time with meditation. It's not just meditate and then open your eyes. And, oh, I'm done, I'm on with my day. It's actually meditate, integrate meditate mm -hmm. 20 minutes lie down for 10 minutes after mm. change your posture lie down and even though you're lying down which assumes you're going to go to sleep if you do go to sleep that's fine too but when you lie down it's less of like i'm seated and i'm like in this thing and my my structure is aligned and i'm vertical and i'm like really in it when you lie down it becomes passive it actually allows you to integrate and fully lock in that space that awareness throughout the body and then from a lying down you can just get up and go on your way and it's very important to include that space after we do this transformative work which is why we start and end our events and um, i've been doing this with my events for, for a while where we have to include the space before and after for people to feel that contrast and also to allow it to go where it needs to without any sound without any senses, sensory input, as to do something with it, to integrate it. And that's just the beginning of integration. Really, integration ends when you act from a place of that new found wisdom, that new found uh, um, level of thinking and connecting around the world. Once that's been really fully processed and then a decision comes up or a moment where you act from that space, that completes the integration of the whole purpose. That's mm -hmm. when it actually is, is working out of you now naturally. Right. That's, that's why meditation, people say all the time, you know, when I learned meditation, I made half a million dollars within a year. I, I met my wife. I got a new job. I built my first house. I had three kids. I got fired when I learned meditation and I found my new job, which is the best job ever. 
I've heard this so many times and it's like, is it magic? Is it is Harry Potter, you know, or, or is there some kind of character behind the veil who's like making magical spells occur that we're not, is there a magical wizard of Oz behind the veil somewhere <laughs> doing this? No, I don't think so. I think when you meditate, it just aligns you around your positive right action, which means if you are someone who's like, I'm chatty and I like to cuss and I'm, this, this is my personality and this is who I am. Okay. You can associate yourself with all those things you think you are, but by meditating, you separate all of those different universes of how we identify with ourselves or each other. You become something more eternal, more greater. And when you act from that space, then you're going to make different decisions. You're going to speak differently to people. You're going to be perceived in a different light from people. And if that's not how you've been functioning, and you haven't been getting the job interviews uh, going where you want them or that raise or you haven't found a partner or your friends are giving you a hard time or whatever and you disappear for two, three months to meditate and you allow that positive right action to correct itself mm -hmm. knowing from within a natural intelligence. This is why it's effortless. It doesn't take you having to say, I'm this and that, I wanna change, Ugh, change it, Ugh, I'm changing. <laughs> I'm gonna change myself, I'm gonna force myself to change. Instead, it's like, these are the qualities I have by meditating. If it's too sharp, the meditation will just blunt it. It'll make it round. And if it's way too round, the meditation will help make it a little bit more, 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 you know, more of a tip instead of being so wide. And it, it has a self-regulating property where it'll take anything that's either too sharp or too blunt and it'll bring it to a place where it's a perfect curve. It's a good metaphor because mm -hmm. things can bounce off. You can work around. You can work with. But something that's sharp is defined. Mm -hmm. And we, in our waking self, are sharp people, sharp identities, mm. sharp desires. I need that nicotine now. I need that sex now. I need that chocolate. I need whatever it is that is mm -hmm. going to give me what I, I'm, I'm, I'm deep down feeling compelled to seek and, and, and include within my body's chemistry and my mind. I just need to consume this thing. Meditate on it 20 minutes. Close your eyes. Mm. A lot of when people start meditating, their desires diminish largely. Mm -hmm. Their imbalanced desires, I should state. Right. And depending on how much you meditate, it can knock off all your desires, including your career, your whatever. And that's mm. not because it is there to demolish the things, the good things you have going for you. Those things that you think are you have going for you might change under the lens of introspection and meditation and the way in which you allow a process to redirect where it is you're coming from and seeing from as to say, I need radical changes in my life in order for me to step into the next version of myself. Mm -hmm. So it's also a vehicle to bring you to your most current self, not your outdated self, not working from last year, last week. It's mm -hmm. a vehicle to bring you into your version of tomorrow before tomorrow's here. It's almost like prep work. Mm. If you were to do that prep work on Sunday night and you go Monday and you got that homework, you got Monday night's homework ready because your, your teacher's like, Monday night's homework, Sunday night, guys. And no one does it. Everyone's like, Sunday. But you do it. You go to class. And she's like, anyone do the prep work? Just curious. And you're like, I did. I'm ready. Mm -hmm. you know, that's what it is. It's the prep work. Mm. It's, it's the space and time that you create for yourself that puts you ahead of everyone tomorrow. And not that it's competition. You're not competing with everyone else. Right. But, but on some sense, you are, you know, in, in some sense, it's also, it's also like a, 
I think everyone wants to be the best version of themselves. We yeah. compare ourselves to each other and you don't have to compete with others for you to step into your best. All you have to do is judge your metric off of who you used to be. Right. I love that way. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. I heard a quote recently, actually, this is the last thing I'll say on this is, is stop comparing yourself to other people at their best and compare yourself to yourself at your worst. Mm. And it was like acknowledging what a long way I've come from where I've been instead mm -hmm. of this phony metric of look at where that person is and I want to be like them or oh, why can't I be on that level? Well, you have no idea where their low end was. If, if your low end was here and they were probably all the way here and now you're seeing them up here, you're like, I want to be like them. It's like, you may not even go as low as they had to in order to get there. Yeah. Everyone's on their own, own yes. journey. So sure. it's, 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 it's a balancing is taking place, a constant balancing act of looking into our past and also creating our future. And right in the smack dab center is the present moment, the presence, the mm -hmm. now. Yes. Well, I have, um, I have a question for you. I'm interested because I know you also, you do visual reality of incorporating other like visuals and getting into virtual reality and that whole realm. And so you're very much in the like, looking at the future, what's coming with these technologies. And so is there anything that you are excited about as far as how sound can be used in the future, where you see it's going, anything that you want to share in that regard? Yeah, I would assume more research, more findings, more of an understanding of how sound affects mind, body, consciousness, um, emotions. Uh, and with that, would just like, you know, three, four years ago, the sub pack came out as a device that wasn't available 10 years ago in this way. So I would assume there'd be a lot of unknowns, like newer types of devices that are either being developed right now or will start to be developed very soon. Mm -hmm. And on a personal side note, I believe that the next decade ahead of us, the 2020 to 2030 decade, represents probably the single most important and life-changing shift of the human story in our lifetime, in our recorded lifetime. Mm. Going back, wow. let's say 10,000 10, years of culture. Mm -hmm. uh, and the pyramids were a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna uh, say, there's a lot of things that have happened in that time. There's a lot of things that have happened that are, that are massive. And one of the biggest things that happened that was a game changer was the telephone. Um, and then fast forward, seven eight decades you get to the you start to get into like the infrastructure behind having telephones all over the world you start to get into mobile phones buy a new mobile phone it's the size of a brick only costs twenty five hundred dollars right. take it with you anywhere by the way it doesn't include the the um the at&t surcharge probably 100 bucks a month back then 200 bucks a month to have that service mm -hmm. it was expensive in the 80s to have a cell phone it was insane it was unheard of 12-year-olds have cell phones. Not cell phones, they have smartphones. Yeah. So the telephone was huge. What was even bigger? The internet was even bigger than that. The internet was an absolute game changer unlike anything else. Now I can look at someone from Mexico or China while I talk to them. Mm -hmm. I, can, I, can, I can be a nine-year-old in Kenya in a village. I have a tablet that brings me access to Wikipedia, dictionaries, uh, 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 YouTube. Mm-hmm. So we often don't consider that, oh yeah, Instagram's fun, Facebook's great. I should 
say for like a minute, right? Yeah. Uh, they're not that fun, but we're so sucked into the culture of it right now. Mm -hmm. But what's even cooler is the, the the part we don't discuss, which is hey, the just technology is the great equalizer. Just on a default standard level of like access to information has been widely um, a cast open for, for anybody, any walk of life to be able to get in, to get into the net, to get into that space of interconnection, collective consciousness, mm -hmm. learning, and development, coding, code, programming, designing, the arts. There's programmers from all over the world who have probably not have a job in their neighborhood and they're working on projects that are international in scope and have budgets. And there's, um, for example, a, a development company in Poland that 10 years ago was making very, very small amateur uh, video games. And now they're like a national prize of Poland. They make millions and millions of dollars, have very successful studio with hundreds of employees. And it's become like a huge industry in that country. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, for me, it's like, how can technology help us be more human? How can it help extend our humanity? How can technology and development of these new types of software, these new types of experiences, these new mm -hmm. types of auditory experiences, how can they help um, the world, not just by employing people with jobs that are quickly disappearing into these new types of sectors, new industries, mm -hmm. but also how can they bring together all of these separate fields, which we seemingly have considered separate, the healing arts, the art world, the entertainment industry, mm -hmm. immersive technology, Disneyland, immersive kind of roller coaster attraction rides that are like, what do they do? You know, they invoke awe, wonder, surprise. Mm -hmm. Whether you're 10 or you're 30 and you go to a Disneyland ride, you're like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Like the magic creeps in and you have a state of awe. It takes you out of your day to day. All of these fields are becoming more and more and more sardines. They're like, hey, there's no more room between us, guys. What's going on here? They're <laughs> brought into one where entertainment is healing, is artistic, is creative, is a channel for people to express, is a channel mm -hmm. for people to, 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 to find balance. And so that's what visual reality was created for two years ago. And we've done over 40 events. Um, that is where my sound healing work also lives. So it's not at a clash with, my own work it's actually a, a and like a plus mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's, a, it's just another venue for me to share my work and also explore how it interfaces with things as you mentioned like visuals like hey am i not supposed to close my eyes when i do sound healing why do i have visuals mm -hmm. well that's why it's a visual sound bath and that's why i do about seven or eight sound baths a month but i do only one visual sound bath because mm -hmm. it's not necessarily a replacement it's not meant to just replace all sound baths it's a new form of meditation that in includes live geometric visuals fractals shapes and symbols that are corresponding and being woven in real time from michael strauss the dj uh with my sounds mm -hmm. being woven and sculpting the narrative for the visuals at the same time in real time so we don't have a script we work off of it's all kind of on the cuff and we're constantly looking and feeding off each other so it's been very, very, very fun, and it's it's been a hit. People really enjoy it, and it, I have to be honest, it's a little bit different. It's hard to just um, go from regular sound baths and to do the visual sound bath and be like, oh, it's not the same thing. Well, it's not the same thing. It's mm -hmm. more of an open-eyed activation. It's more of like an active, mindful. Mm -hmm. You're taking in the shapes. You're taking in the sounds. And 
and it's more of a mindful type of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's been that exploration. And, and from there, you can just keep evolving it. You can bring mm-hmm. in the sub pack so people can feel, you can bring in essential oils so people can smell mm-hmm. and really start to play with this multi-sensory and immersive component to how we, how we find healing. Right. Awesome. I love that. I just had an idea of something that I know there's parts of this technology that already exists, but something that would be really cool. You know, they have the, those like voice readers. So you speak into this technology and it will tell you the frequencies that are coming out of your voice to actually show like which frequencies you have in excess and which ones are lacking. And, um, you know, you can get a readout basically of like what's going on with your frequencies within your body just through the reading of your voice. And so what if we all had this like app that you just like talked into and it would do that and then it would, you'd hit a button and it would create sounds like what are similar to yours that would balance out that those frequencies so it'd be like a curated custom like sound healing for you in that moment so yeah, and you could, I mean, you could you could even choose like i need this to be relaxing or i need some rejuvenation even like vitality. The they're coming out with these headbands the mm-hmm. that you the muse headband that you put on the head those yeah. will get more developed and that in essence imagine what the example you mentioned imagine just wearing a headband and it plays sounds out of out of the headphones that mm-hmm. it automatically knows or balancing what it's perceiving from your neural feedback in your brain. Mm. So it's yeah. like, and that's the part of the future is machine learning, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. There's already over a thousand types of artificial intelligence species. They call them species. Mm. And a few years ago, there was only a hundred or so. Now there's over a thousand. And they're replicating and they're getting smarter. And mm-hmm. machine learning is, um, you take a big company that has vast computers and they crunch data and processes day in, day out, every day. While you go to work and sleep and do this and do that and eat food and build your life, there's machines that are rebuilding models of, of structures and faces and houses off of prior experience of what they think that should look like and tracing it and filling in the gaps. Mm-hmm. It's like, how did the machine know what the second half of the building looked like? That's the idea. It's been through the process so many times. It fills in what it thinks should be in the image, and it can make a one-story tall, uh, like a, I'm sorry, like a three-story tall building, a little apartment. It can make it like a wide structural version, like a wide 30, uh, 30-room manor out of the same tower, mm-hmm. and it can build that construct. How? Because it's all math, ultimately, but it's also experience. That's why the machines are useful, because... When you get something, when you use machine learning, it's not learning from the day that you implement it on. It's already been learning. These, com- these companies have been using these systems for years. So mm-hmm. when we step into this level of machine learning, the artificial intelligence of the very near future, you as an artist can have an idea and can tell the machine what your idea is. And the machine can say, oh, yeah, you need this, that, and the other to sound like this and to look like that. No problem. Boom. Mm-hmm. And it will create those things for us instead of us having to go and by hand create something. Right. In a machine learning world, you can tell a, a, a computer, I need a scene that has grass is peaceful on the top of a mountain with a sunset kind of sky situation, with peaceful music, 
that is relaxing and um, ethereal. And I want to sit on a bench. In essence, it will re reproduce that environment for you, specifically oh, wow. for you. And so you're meaning like putting on the goggles and you actually go into this space and... That would be in a, in a virtual reality medium, yeah. which, or it would also be augmented reality. So there's two mm -hmm. reality shifts, or I okay. should say three, but virtual and augmented reality are the main ones. And this mixed reality, which is like a mix between the real world and the virtual world, Sometimes you see that with a green screen when someone has a headset and they look like they're in the game world, but you see them physically. Okay. That's because there's a green screen and that's mixing the realities of real and virtual. Mm -hmm. And then that will be a thing too, but um, augmented reality is going to be more accessible. So that, that'll be okay. something like goggles or your, uh, yeah. Apple is going to be putting things out, their, their new phones and the, their new headsets and goggles, which mm -hmm. don't take you out of the physical world. They add on layers. So if you look at your wall, you'll see a painting there that when you take the goggles off, there's no painting there. But mm -hmm. when you put them on, there's a painting. Or there's a TV. You can watch YouTube with your friends on your wall. If they put on the goggles too, you can all watch a YouTube mm -hmm. video together. If you take it off, it's just your wall again. So that yeah. level of augmented reality is where I think also um, you're going to see a lot of development. But it's all designed, what's it for? It's to extend our ability to communicate, create, inspire um, ourselves and each other, mm -hmm. ultimately. Yeah. And there's also another part of technology, which is for military and weapons and all of that stuff. And we can only hope that as a, as a species, as a, as a human species, that we kind of keep ourselves in check and, and, and use these technologies for the best of the best purposes mm -hmm. and functions. We exactly. can only hope. But I think that there's the a, healing. Yes. That's why yeah. That's why we. That's why visual reality wants to align entertainment with healing with art because mm -hmm. we think that is the future. That's how it's going to be accessible to people. Go out on a Friday night, have a fun night, and also have some healing instead of going to a bar or drinking or, you know, mm -hmm. finding comfort in like, fast food or something that's a pleasurable and, and a base level like oh i'm satisfied like mm -hmm. but if you can get a deeper fulfillment satisfaction and nourishment from really high-end high fidelity art that's designed for therapy and entertainment so that's mm -hmm. kind of the idea behind visual reality and our our response to some of these technologies technologies excuse me and the really really very near uh future like the next yeah. like 15 years there's awesome. gonna be so much change so much automation so much uh rapid development so it may be confusing yeah. for a lot of people, but um, we, I think as humans, what will get us through is our connection to each other, which right. transcends everything. This cave mentality of a fire, shadows, drums, being in communion and creating and telling stories. Like, I think that will continue on and that will yeah. be the thing that anchors us in through these, these unfamiliar changes. will be the familiar and the timeless. Mm. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, as we're wrapping up here, um, I'm curious, I know obviously you use quantum harmonics often and when you're facilitating, but just on like a personal level when it comes to like you're feeling like you're in a funk, you know, you're just feeling off and like what do you do to raise your vibration as a personal practice, like some tools or things that you can offer to people that are listening. Some of I love that. Acts of kindness. Acts of kindness and compassion, um, giving something to somebody who needs it, and when I don't, mm -hmm. uh, putting the needs of another person before myself, 
doing something for someone, not because I want to feel good about myself, but truly waiting for the right perfect opportunity where someone could really benefit from me being able to give something to them mm. and being there in that moment and, and delivering that to somebody like water to someone on the street or whatever, just being mm. in service to somebody else. I find that that completely shifts my energy completely. Mm. more than sound healing, more than anything. It wow. really puts me on a good track. Yeah. Focusing um, out. It's so true. That's the saying when in doubt, focus out, right. You know, like really finding ways of being of service is we all love to give it's in our nature. So it definitely, I can attest to that too. I'm sure everyone can. That's, that's a really good reminder. Yeah. That's been, that's been what's working for me. And obviously meditation, all these tools, look, they're great and they're there for us to use and they're there for us to practice regularly and there's great benefit. But if you want the quickest way to, to turn your funk around, like immediately, apologize to someone who you've been a jerk to, you know, call someone that you've been putting off and connect, you know, like mm -hmm. tell them what's been up with you, get it off your chest. Are you hiding something from someone and it's been eating you up? Come clean. Like that sounds crazy. I'll, I can never come clean. You don't know their, the person's reaction. You assume some, you assume people are going to have a certain reaction to the truth coming out and people just want the truth. And we hold a lot of truth within us at times because we fear the reaction. So it's like, how do I change up my funk? I become more honest with myself and other people, which I mean, it's a very much a very critical part of myself and my work is being integrity and mm -hmm. work from a place where I don't have doubt in myself or my actions. So it's like very hard for me to even like hold something back. But you know, we're human. Sometimes you, you, you don't want to tell someone the full truth or you want to hold back. And I find that being completely honest and explaining what's the deal and why I feel this way and what, and mm. what it's brought up for me and, and how I'd like to move forward, you know, just being right. honest with, with the process brings so much balance to me. Giving something to someone who needs it gives so much balance to me. It's those simple things I think I'm mm. finding that is the quickest way to turn your funk around. Mm. I love that. That's a really powerful reminder. Yeah. Cause when we're holding on to these things, it's creating this like heaviness, right? And so like the moment that you just like, speak the truth you can feel that like immediate shift of like oh it's a weight off my chest right you can have this saying or that's lifting off my shoulders you know it's like it's you literally are raising your vibration when you're letting go of that stuff that you're holding on to yeah holding the world on your shoulders you know getting mm -hmm. it off your chest yeah the chest and the shoulders mm -hmm. most people store stuff there totally so get it off your chest folks <laughs> yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share more about what you're up to. And I'm actually going to play a little bit of your sounds as the outro for this podcast so that everyone can get a little sample. Beautiful. And then you're, they can find you on all of the social media, Torquem G, and you can also Google Quantum Harmonics. And I'll put all of these notes in the, or links in the notes to the podcast as well. And I'm starting to do more private sessions with the SEPAC. So I'm doing them out of my, my place here in the Valley. I also come to you and I'm going to start doing them. I'm pretty sure out of the den, out of oh. their um, little private room there. So if anyone's interested, you can check out my website, torquemg.com. But it's been a very, very wonderful time. It's been a pleasure, Ash. And I really appreciate you for um, having me on as a host. I want to thank all of your, your people for tuning in. Mm -hmm. and I hope this was, this was of, um, of great value for everyone. I know it was for me. Really enjoyed it.
Awesome. Me too. Awesome. All right. Bye, everyone. Okay. Thanks again. Bye. The track that I'm going to play on the outro is called Spectral, and you can find this on his album Transformative Sounds Volume 1, and it is available through Bandcamp. You can just go to that website and search for Torquem G.